Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 104, The Mystery of the Tares and Wheat. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Hello, welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I am Scott Mitchell here with... John Potts. And John? Well, we are the show that talks about the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. That is exactly right. The world doesn't want you to know what we have to share with you because it's what God told us about in His Word, and we are just so happy to be here. Do you notice a little difference in the set? I do. I do. What it's do you lot, see? Well, I can stretch out a little <laughs> bit here, yeah. right? Yeah, we were we got some tips from you guys, and we appreciate your feedback because we were having some audio problems with mics being hit with our inadvertently with our arms when I talk sometimes with my hands. Yeah, and we've got a new microphone set up, so hopefully uh, they're off the table, out of the way. They're they're secret. They're invisible. You can't see them. <laughs> And we're going to see how this works. Well, the good thing is this is a credit to all of the folks that have been following the show, Absolutely. listening to the show, sharing the show, and our subscribers. Yeah. Because now we're taking that money from subscribers and putting it into upgraded equipment so we don't make thumping noises or if we turn our head from the mic. It, we don't lose the vo- or the the vocals, so absolutely getting better. We even have a new camera, so yep. this is yep. actually a brand new camera. We're trying to improve the quality of the show. Even though the podcast is primarily audio, we do record the video for the benefit of our listeners. And speaking of premium subscribers, John, I want to give some more shout outs like we did a few episodes ago. Uh, we released um, our interview with Timothy Alberino in mm-hmm. between that time. And uh, we had some other pre-recorded messages, but that was all kind of done before we started the subscription. Okay. So uh, another shout out to our next round of subscribers. I want to thank you, Mary and Miranda. I won't say last names because I feel like that's an invasion of privacy. Uh, Chad, Nick, Marcos, Lori, Joey, Nicholas, Misha, and Stacy, those are the next ten subscribers awesome. that, of our of our list. So we're going to try to give those shout outs as often as we can. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys subscribing as always. BibleMysteries.supercast.com. Uh, but now we're going to get back to the the message today because okay. we left off last week, John, talking about the mystery of blood and water. Yeah, and we yeah. left um, our listeners hanging with a parable of the mystery of the tares and the wheat. So we're going to get back into that today and see if we can glean some truth to that. What we learned about the mystery of water was we were talking about the three that bear record in the earth was the spirit, the blood, and the water. Yeah, and traditionally churches may have looked at that as water baptism, but I don't think that applied. I think what we found is it was a reference to Christ's human birth. 
Yeah. That yeah. he was born of water because when a woman gives birth, her water breaks. And of course, Mary gave birth to him so that he was evidence he was fully human. The blood testified to that. Mm-hmm. The water testified to that. And the spirit testified to that. So in that same note, we talked about could there be some individuals that are not human that aren't born of blood? Yeah. And lately, we've been hearing a lot about um, artificial intelligence, biometrics, and genetic manipulation yeah. going on in the world. In fact, I, I read recently there was an article that said they've effectively cloned a human without a brain, and they're going to use them for organ harvesting. Okay. And that supposedly got rid of the ethical challenges <laughs> of that. I'm not so sure that's true, you know. But um, nevertheless, that that sounds very um, uh, like it's being used for good. But that sounds like it can be very nefarious as well. I mean, then I am certain that it's nefarious, and so that brings us to the mystery of the tares uh, and the wheat. Okay. So let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew. We'll just start there because that's where the parable is. Uh, As I mentioned, Jesus never spoke in parables until Matthew chapter 13. He had 12 chapters in Matthew where he spoke plainly, uh, but uh, they blasphemed the Holy Ghost in chapter 12, accusing Jesus of essentially casting out devils by Satan. You know, they use the name Beelzebub, but Uh uh, he's the prince of the devils, you know. So uh, Christ made a statement about blasphemy not being forgiven. And from that point forward, he started speaking in parables. And after the first parable, the 12 disciples asked him, why are you speaking in parables? And he said, because unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Okay. The unbelievers. So in, very, in a very true sense, the kingdom of heaven message went into mystery form He started speaking cryptically, and he was hiding the message of truth from those that didn't have ears to hear. So we have to dig into it to find out what was he really trying to tell us. So was he only speaking in parables from this point forward? To the unbelievers. Okay. Yeah, to the unbelievers. So, for example, we're going to find that after he told this parable, secretly he gave the key to it to the disciples. Okay. So he openly spoke of some things to certain people. I got you. But he okay. often spoke in parables to the Christ-rejecting Pharisees and others that didn't want to believe on him. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, and this is where we find our parable. Uh, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man that uh, which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. And it might be helpful for our listeners to know that a tare, T-A-R-E, is a weed. Yeah. And it might have been something that they called a vetch in the Middle East. Um, I forget the actual breed or species of plant it was. But they look exactly like wheat until Mm -hmm. they sprout fruit. Yeah. They have no fruit. So, you know, I wouldn't know if I'm not a farmer. So if I mm-hmm. walked in a wheat field, unless it was ripe, I'd pro- I might guess, oh, that must be wheat. <laughs> yeah. But uh, before it was ripe, I would probably not have any idea what plant it was. I would be able to tell corn or sorghum mm-hmm. or cotton, but I'm not even sure I know what wheat looks like before it 
Oh, before it, before it pops out. Exactly. The, the yeah. seeds. Okay. But it, after that, you'd be able to tell. Exactly. A versus yeah, a golden, a golden field of wheat. If I was in the middle yeah. of it, I think I would figure yeah. out it's it's wheat, even though I'm a city boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, this evidently is something that looks exactly like the wheat plant until yeah. it gets to that age of maturity. Hmm. Okay. And then there's no wheat berries, there's no fruit on it, and it's obviously been sucking up nutrients from yeah. the soil and robbing the wheat of the what it okay. needs. So <laughs> they don't know until the blade was sprung forth and uh, brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? Where did this come from? He said unto them, an enemy hath done this. And every part of this parable is giving us a clue as to what's going on. Yeah. You know, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Uh, in other words, we're talking about weeding out the tares. Yeah. But he said, nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. So they're so intertwined yeah. that to, to root out the weeds would be to damage the, tear, uh, the, the wheat. Uh, so he said, nay, let, uh, uh, lest you root up the wheat with them, let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather you together first the tares and bind them in the bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And the idea would be when it was time for harvest, you're going to be pulling up the plants anyway. Yeah. So it would be okay at that point to pull up the tares first and burn them because that's the garbage. Mm -hmm. And then what would be left would be the good wheat for the crop that they can sell yeah. and harvest. So the answer to the parable, the key to understanding it is found a few verses later. He tells another couple of parables and then he skips down in verse 36. So Matthew 13, 36, then Jesus sent the multitude away. Now he's privately talking. Yeah, okay. And went into the house with his disciples, and they came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. Now, he had already given, um, let's see if I'm right about that. Um, one, two, three, four parables uh, at this point. And... Um, now he's beginning to give the very first bits of explanation, and the keys will apply to them all. So even if there's one metaphor, the field is the world, yeah. that applies in any parable that he gave. So you can mark that as a, as a key that you can okay. use again and again. All right. So he says, um, verse 37, he answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. So Christ is the sower. Okay. The field is the world. Now we know that just verified in the scripture. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. Now, I'm going to stop there because that's significant. <laughs> seed are being likened unto people, yeah. human beings. In this case, the children of the kingdom. So the word seed there is an interesting word because it is uh, in uh, Hebrew, I think it's Zoar, Zohar, I forget which one it is. Okay. But in Greek, it's sperma. Here, it's sperma. Yeah. And it, they mean the same thing. They're the exact same words, just different languages. And they can refer to the grain of a crop, seed, yeah. like a plant. But they also refer to children, to people. Mm -hmm. So, and, and as well as the actual seed that a man can use to fertilize an egg for a child to be born. Yeah. So it's both biological and it's even reference to humanity. Do you think that this refers to all people? 
It says children of the kingdom. Yeah. But this... Not all people, because we're going to find out there's something else here that's a seed of some kind. Yeah. But they're not the seed of God. Well, let's loop back to that then, because I think I know where you're going once yeah. you get through all of the explanations. Okay. But, so, so could he be talking about all humanity or the good seed? All, I guess I would call it all humans that are all humans. All humans <laughs> that are not partial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so, I think there's something to that. Okay. So you're right. We'll loop back. So uh, the enemy that sowed them... Oh, I'm sorry. Back in verse 38. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one, mm -hmm. implying that he sowed them as seed among the children of the kingdom. Yes. Right. Now, we know there's a seed of the serpent. We'll come back to that, but let's go on. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. So now we know who the enemy is. Mm -hmm. So the devil sowed seed of bad plants, right? Yeah. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. So clearly then this parable is meant to talk about the last days, the end of tribulation when the Lord comes back. Yeah. Yeah. And the final gathering when the angels come down and they pour out God's wrath, gather up the tares, the wicked, yeah. and they're going to go into the lake of fire. And then the children of the kingdom are going to go into the house of the Lord okay. and the kingdom. All right. And so he says, uh, verse 40, as therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth, and I believe that's the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. Then shall the righteous, the children of the kingdom, Shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So clearly he's saying, I'm saying something here that's important. And mm -hmm. without spiritual ears, you're, you're not going to know what I'm saying. So what is he talking about? Well, like I said, the word seed is the Greek word sperma. And it has many definitions, but they all, mm -hmm. uh, it, whether it's a plant that germinates, <laughs> the grain of corn or wheat, whatever, uh, the grain sown, or metaphorically, a few residue, like a survivor's, you know, mm -hmm. or uh, the actual male seed, mm -hmm. um, then the children that are born from that seed. And then it can even refer to posterity, whatever. And, of course, it's also in reference to uh, the children of the kingdom here, mm -hmm. the righteous. In Hebrew, it's zera. That's the word I couldn't remember, zera or zera. And it's the same thing. It means a sowing, an offspring. Uh, it can be the, the seed of a man that uh, fertilizes the egg. But it's descendants, posterity, children. Okay. So there's a moral quality to it as well. And so therefore, when we know that, we have to apply that thinking to the word seed. Because remember, he sowed good seed in the field, but an enemy sowed bad seed. Yeah. So since they're both likened unto children, the children of the kingdom, the children of the wicked one, these seeds are metaphors of human beings or something else yeah. that is posing as humans. And that's what I'm going to try to suggest that the parable, uh, beyond just the surface of unbelievers mixed with believers, which most of the time the church talks about that. Exactly. But then you got to think about, well, where, where do unbelievers mix with believers? You know, In a church setting, people that reject the gospel don't want to hang out with Christians. 
You know? No, but I guess a lot of or what I've read is that it, it, that's a lot about where the Bible talks about there will be false prophets, false yeah. teachers in the church. So this parable is speaking about people who are believers and then people who, let's just say, appear to be believers, but they're really there, put there by demonic forces or Satan yeah, to, masquerading. To, to disrupt the church and cause problems and things like that. Absolutely. And all of that is true. I believe yeah. the parable is talking about that. Yeah. But I think it goes even deeper than just that, because yeah. who better to try to deceive the church since it's such a strong delusion that all the world will take the mark of the beast mm-hmm. during this time. And Christ even said in Matthew 24, except those days were shortened, even the very elect could be deceived if it were possible. Yeah. So the elect would be the children of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So we know then that this delusion is going to be so strong. What could be the thing that would be such a strong delusion that if it were possible, they could deceive the very elect. So let's go back to Genesis 3. So does it refer to the mark of the beast then? Excuse me. Or am I just taking stabs at wild theories? Well, I'm extending that into the mark of the beast. I'm going to show you how there's a connection. So we go back to Genesis 3 because really all of the Bible hinges around this first prophecy of Jesus Christ, which we've read in other episodes, but it's verse 15. And the serpent, uh, uh, well, God is speaking to the serpent, and mm-hmm. I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Enmity is like a, an adversarial relationship. Yeah. And between thy seed and her seed. Mm-hmm. So the woman has a seed, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because women don't produce seed. Yeah. They produce eggs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the serpent has a seed. So the serpent, thy seed, it shall bruise thy head, the seed of the woman, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So I believe the reason he says the woman and her seed, it's because Jesus Christ was born of a woman, but he didn't have a man's seed. Yeah. He had God's, mm-hmm. right? So he is the, he's the son of God born of a woman, but born without the, the male contribution to DNA mm-hmm. from, from a human. But he's very much human because of Mary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, the seed of the serpent there, that implies the serpent would bear young, <clears throat> excuse me, would father yeah. children. So we know that Satan is a fallen created being, Yes. some angel, cherub, whatever. And we know, according to Genesis 6, there were other fallen angels that did procreate with men, mm-hmm. with, with humans, <clears throat> women. Verse uh, 1 of Genesis 6 says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God, the Benai Elohim, the, mm-hmm. the fallen angels, saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took them wives of all which they chose. And this unholy alliance was forbidden by God, but they did it anyway. Yeah. So it's really the reason why God had to flood the earth and destroy it, mm-hmm. because the human gene pool got corrupted with angel DNA. Yep. Verse 3, the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. And I believe that's a reference to how many years God would tolerate this before he destroyed the planet in the days oh, of Noah. Okay. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, well, where did giants come from? At, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The man is bad today. Mm -hmm. And and the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. But is every imagination of every thought only evil continually? Mm 
No. You know, that, I don't think we're that bad yet. I yeah. think we're going to get there. You know, but uh, obviously Noah yeah. found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So this just shows you that it was so bad, God had to divinely intervene with this flood, and he destroyed the Nephilim. He destroyed the, the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of men. Now, that's one way of looking at the children of the wicked one, where they're yeah. literally children of fallen angels, hybrid human beings, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There's another way of looking at them in John chapter 8. John 8 was Jesus Christ actually encountering some Pharisees that were already the ones he accused of blasphemy back in Matthew 12 and, and the reason for the parables and talking in parables. But we're going to go to John 8, verse 42 for this passage. Jesus said unto them, and he's speaking to unbelieving Jewish leaders, religious leaders. He says, um, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. And again, God is the Father. He fathered Christ. Yeah. Uh, verse 43, why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Now, cannot is interesting. Yeah. Why can't they hear? Well, it's because of unbelief. But watch what he says. Verse 44, ye are of your father the devil. And the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. We don't know who he murdered. People want to read Cain and Abel into that, but no, that's yeah, yeah that's before this. Uh, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. So he's very hard on unbelieving Pharisees here. The only time he got angry, you know, was mm -hmm. when he called them vipers, serpents, mm -hmm. and you are your yeah. father, the devil. <clears throat> and so clearly he knew who they were. He was talking to people that you could say were spiritually children and followers of the devil like Cain. Cain was okay. of that wicked one. He was a human being. He was the product of Adam and Eve, but he slew his brother. So, what is it about tares among the wheat that would uh, imply more than just being spiritually children of the devil? So you, you don't think that any of this um, refers to them having some genetic alter, is it alteration? I think it could. As to what I'm getting at is what you went back to in Genesis 6, mm -hmm. right? which then triggered God to send the flood. But then, as we know, the, the genetics of the Nephilim went through the, the ark. Yeah, right? they came on the other side. Because so they it ended passed up along through generations and generations. So then you have some people that have those genes and some people that don't. Now I'm just theorizing yeah. here. You're the expert here. That's why I'm <laughs> throwing stuff out, right? So would that say that he is saying to them right now, hey, the reason you cannot or you don't believe me is because you are children of the wicked one. It's got to be something to that. You're on to something, John, because think of it. If there were, uh, well, let's put it this way. When the Nephilim, which were giants and mm -hmm. human angel hybrids were on the earth, they reigned over men. Yeah. And we know yeah. they corrupted humanity to the point that it was, it became all wickedness constantly. Mm -hmm. The earth was filled with violence through them, the Bible said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, even though God used the conquest of Canaan to eliminate most of the Nephilim, it doesn't yeah. mean that 
and these were the later descendants of them. Uh, I should call them Rephaim to be more precise because mm-hmm. they were giants, but they were several generations removed from the time of Noah, mm-hmm. right? But uh, some of them were actually physical giants like Goliath and Og of Bashan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then some of them might not be, have been giants, and yet here's the thing. If they still have that DNA in them, even though they look like human beings, what would they be vying to do as human beings if they could gain control? What do they want? They want power. Power, yeah. They're going to be in positions of leadership. So it's not saying that every single president or prime minister or king was a Nephilim, but I bet bet a, a case could be made that there's some hybrid DNA in those individuals in many cases. Oh, yeah. What would, think, what would compel a person to want to have power over another? Yeah. You know, is it just humanity or is it the nature of the Nephilim in them? There's just so much stuff to talk about there, right? About, yeah. you know, I won't, I won't go into all of it, but the, the families that have been in power, right? For Royal, generations and generations. Yeah, royalty. <laughs> Look, I'm going to throw the names out there. We all know the yeah. ones that set up the Federal Reserve System. Oh, yeah. All of these people are tied together, together and they're all U.S. presidents or some, or prime There's ministers. There's even some inbreeding. Oh, I'm sure. I'm you know, sure it can go, if you go down the rabbit hole, it can get crazy. Oh, yeah. There's inbreeding. <laughs> I, I know within yeah. royal families of, of you know, yeah. history. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what I was asking when you were back in um, where were we in John, and you yeah. and you were you, you are mentioned your the, the children the children of, of God, mm-hmm. and then the children of the wicked one, as far as the the wheat and the tares. And I'm sitting there going, well, this refers to DNA, right? People that made it through. I think it very well. I I'm think it has a second. Yeah, I think it has a second understanding, a second application, yeah. both spiritual wickedness, but isn't that what hybridization is? They're spiritual mm-hmm. entities involved in manipulating humanity. Go to Isaiah chapter 1. We might find some answers to that. Uh, and that's where I'm going with this. I think that we're talking about tares among the wheat could very well be referring to, since it's the last days, and we know there's going to be an explosion of fallen angel activity on the earth again, humans okay. interacting with angels, then it would make perfect sense. Isaiah chapter 1 was a reference to Israel in their condition of idolatry. Okay. And in verse 4, we read, I sinful nation. So God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the nation Israel that is turned away from him and worshiping other gods. And he says, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. That means they're, they're overburdened with sinfulness. A seed of evildoers. There's that word, seed. Children yeah. that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. And it's interesting because whenever... Israel did go worship other gods. The reference was they went a whoring. They were mm-hmm, likened them mm-hmm. to an adulterous wife. And also, what did they worship? What, who's were the, who were these gods? Well, not only were they devils and fallen angels, but they were their offspring too. Hmm. They worshiped the ancestor giants, the Nephilim, just as the Greeks worshiped Titans and Zeus yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. They, they're all, that was basically all tying together. Um, so they're a seed of evildoers, and I think it's more than just them being evil in, inherently in their hearts. Mm-hmm. It could also be that they were following the leadership of demons themselves and them possibly operating through the bloodlines as well. Is there a difference between sin and iniquity? They basically mean the same thing, but iniquity is a little bit more precise uh, and it has more to do with religious wickedness. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. but it, it could be it could be used generically of all wickedness, you know. I had read before, this could be completely wrong, so I'm just throwing it out there, mm -hmm. but I had read before that iniquity was something that can actually be passed down from generation to generation. Well, Almost like, like alcoholism. There's a passage that says visiting the iniquities of the, of the fathers upon the children to oh, the wow. second and third oh. generation. So you're right. There is something about that. And, and that, it has to do with Israel because Israel is, you know... Um, there were, like, for example, there was a reason why they were punished for certain lengths of time. It was like God was saying, I'm going to do this to make up for all of the Sabbaths that you didn't keep or all of the years of, of the Sabbath of the land. So every seventh year they were supposed to leave the land fallow. And when they didn't do that, and if it amounted to 70 years, yeah. then that was how long God punished them. So that's you're right about that. So go me to First John chapter three. Now there's something here. In uh, back back to Cain, it says in verse nine, First uh, John three: Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Now he's not talking about just any kind of sins. You're talking about iniquity and sin. Is mm -hmm. there a difference? Yeah. yeah. There's a particular sin that John discusses in this book where he calls it a sin unto death. And he was saying, if you see a brother sin a sin not unto death, you can pray for him. But if there's a sin not unto death, that is unto death. And he says, I do not say you should pray for it. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game. And we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true. So you can help us use the satanic global elites own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries premium podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. What would be the sin unto death? Well, it have to be the sin that's not forgivable, blasphemy. Yeah. And if it ties into this, then it could, in the end times, it would have to do So a lot of people more. think that blasphemy is, is like using the Lord's name in vain or... Um, yeah. Something like that. But it's not that simple, right? It's to speak it's, against the Holy Ghost. It's, it's to actually deny the Spirit yeah. or the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah. That, to speak against the Holy Ghost, to, to act against the Holy Ghost. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, it's very specific. So saying a curse word is not blasphemy. Yeah. Yeah. But rejecting the gospel and then dying is a form of blasphemy. Okay. You know, if you if you're rejecting the gospel, you stand in danger of blasphemy because it's the Holy Ghost that draws you to the Lord. And if you died, 
then you would have committed blasphemy. So, but if you if you reject the gospel, let's say you you are a satanic follower, mm-hmm. right? You completely reject the gospel. Does that mean that you cannot be saved? No, as long as you're alive, you can be saved. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because there there could be somebody that accepts Christ as their savior as a young person and years later denounce him, and worship Satan even. Yeah. It wouldn't change their salvation. They're still saved. They're still saved. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they're doing things that are wrong, you know. Yeah. So back in the passage here, uh, verse 10 is, in this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil, right? Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. So he's not trying to say here that Cain was genetically connected to the Nephilim, because he's not. He's fully human. But his heart was to murder his brother, and he didn't love his brother. So he's saying both spiritually speaking and even genetically speaking, because genetics is back to where verse 9 says, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for a seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he's born of God. Now, we're talking about somebody that is a born-again believer, born of God in that sense. But he wouldn't take the mark of the beast. He wouldn't deny the Lord if he was truly saved. Mm -hmm. The children of the wicked one, or the children of the devil in verse 10, are manifest in that they sin the sin that is unto death. Not just any sin, but taking the mark of the beast. So they're going to be revealed. They're going to be made known when they turn and, and say, there's the Messiah, and it's Antichrist. Yeah. They're going to be, and who's going to lead them in that charge? Who's going to be the one that uh, tries to tempt them? Well, it's the falling away of the tares among the wheat. Mm-hmm. When John says, they, were, they went out from us, but they were not of us, back in 1 John mm-hmm. 2. Go back to Matthew 24, though, before we do that. And we'll find um, that warning about deceiving the very elect. <clears throat> Where did you see Matthew 24? Yeah, Matthew 24, verse 36. And, I hit the <clears throat> and we'll start reading uh, about the time of the, when the Lord comes back. It says in verse 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So we don't know the day the Lord's going to return. But he does tell us this in verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, the days of Noah were characterized by Nephilim hybrids. Yeah. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, which the only record of the marriages were they were the sons of God, the daughters of men. Okay. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And, and we have to think, he said, all flesh had corrupted his way. The earth was filled with violence. Every thought of the imagination of their heart was only evil continually. Mm-hmm. Characterizing the days of Noah. Yeah. The reason the flood came. So we can't read verse 38. Yeah, they were just eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. They were just going about life as usual. No, this was a world that was filled with violence. Yeah. So the marrying and giving in marriage and all that has to do with the, the Nephilim intrusion, invasion. It has to because otherwise it's what's written there is not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so they're eating and drinking. Big and deal. So they're getting married. Isn't that yeah, a good already, thing? We're already doing that. Yeah, right. <laughs> So they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken, the other left. The field is the world, mm-hmm. right? Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken, the other left. What do you grind? Wheat, hmm. okay. right? Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. 
And so he's really talking about the end times and the, the gathering in the harvest. Mm -hmm. If they're at the mill grinding, that's the harvest, right? If they're in the field gathering, that's the harvest. Verse 43, uh, but know this, that if the, uh, verse 42, sorry, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. So he's going to come as a thief in the night. It's going to surprise the wicked. Mm -hmm. They're going to be caught off guard. Now. Now this doesn't reference the rapture though. No, that would have happened before. This would be the, is the terminology of the second coming? The second coming. That's okay. right. The rapture would occur Seven, years, seven years before this, right? Exactly right. Okay. Seven years. A lot of do a lot of believers do try to read the rapture into Matthew twenty four, but it's yeah. just not there, because this is the time of Jacob's trouble. We, the Gentile Church body of Christ, have to be removed and taken out of the way. Now, I tie this in the timing of this, as it is in the days of Noah. So, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Mm -hmm. So we know the time frame: second coming of Christ. After the rapture, things are going to be like it was in the time of Noah. Okay. And in the time of Noah, there was an angel, angelic invasion. Yeah. All right. Now go to Daniel 2. Daniel references the same time. All right. It's a prophecy of the same time, and it's the final kingdom that's going to be destroyed, which is the kingdom of the Antichrist. But I want to skip right into the point here in verse 41. Daniel 2, 41. So there's an image, a great statue, and it's a head of gold chest of silver, you know, loins of yeah. brass, legs of iron, feet iron mixed with clay. So he's describing the parts, and there's four separate things. This kingdoms. is Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Nebuchadnezzar's dream, that's right. Verse 41, And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, and incidentally, there's another passage that says, God speaks to Israel and says, I'm the potter, you're the clay. Hmm. I can do with you what I want, you know. Yeah. So there's something significant about that. Here he says there's a part, part of potter's clay. Well, that's a reference to Israel in the end times. Yeah. All right. So toes, part of potter's clay, and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. But there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Now watch this. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they, whoever the iron is, shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, the clay. Yeah. But they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. That's directly reflecting what Christ said about as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They, the iron would have to be fallen angels. The iron would have to be angelic seed. Mm -hmm. And they're going to mingle themselves with the seed of men, probably through the abductions and genetic manipulation. Why do you think it says, but they shall not cleave one to another? It's almost like they're going to try to yeah. join, but it won't work. I think is it's, that... you know, cleave is an interesting word there. Because yeah. when God presented Adam to Eve, he said, she is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Mm -hmm. And thus shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Okay. And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So cleave was used here almost as if, I think it's a, it's a hidden reference to the angels can't procreate with human women like they did in the days of Noah. Yeah. I think genetically we're too devolved. We're too inferior to what we were when God made us. Because okay. of sin. Yeah, that's interesting. Degraded over the centuries. Yeah. So I think they're not going to cleave to them as taking them to wife. 
I think they're going to just steal the DNA like wow. they're doing now. I think that might be a reference to alien abduction. <laughs> I was about to throw that out. Yeah. I didn't want to derail <laughs> everything, but I was like, that sounds like, yeah, when people are, are taken and artificially inseminated yeah. or however it happens, right? Genetic manipulation, yeah. which I'm certain the angels, the fallen angels were probably doing some of that in the days of Noah anyway, with perhaps like the animals and things like that. Yeah. But uh, again, it could have been a similar thing where maybe they could have procreated with those animals. I don't know. Angels do some pretty wicked things yeah. when they rebel against the Lord. Now, clearly, tares among the wheat, like you mentioned earlier, could be references to things like false prophets, false brethren. Yeah. So go to Galatians 2 because we see that as well. I want to show you that that's significant. Galatians 2, for example, uh, where Paul talked about some false brethren that snuck in to the assembly at Galatia there. And actually, he was, he's talking about an assembly in Jerusalem. I don't think a lot of people realize this, but the church that started at Jerusalem with the 12 apostles mm -hmm. got infiltrated by satanic individuals. And okay. as a matter of fact, was taken over by some people that were not apostles appointed of God. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't think people realize that the that the it began from the very start when Paul used the word "such are false apostles." He uh -huh. wasn't just using a metaphor. There were some apostles that were actually in the church, and it wasn't the twelve. Wow. They okay. took over. Incidentally, I'll just throw a little nugget this out. This could there. be another podcast. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, big <laughs> okay. time. Jesus had four brothers that were actually the children of Joseph and Mary. Okay. So they were stepbrothers or half-brothers or whatever you want to call yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. The book of John chapter 7 says they did not believe on him. Hmm. I had no idea. They didn't believe on him. In fact, they tried to convince him to go to Jerusalem to be killed early. Wow. Yeah. And it's very interesting to note that they ended up becoming the head of the church in Jerusalem later. So do you have a, a really crazy theory about that or that you're going to They're drop the on me? They're apostles. Wow. James, Judas, Simon, Joseph were the false apostles Paul was talking about. That's just something to chew on. Hmm. We'll do a whole episode on that maybe someday. Yeah. I think it's very possible that they were. There's no salvation testimony of James anywhere, and yet he's the head of the church. And when Peter... And uh, James, the brother of John, another James, because there's several Jameses in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But John the Apostle had a brother named James. Okay. Okay. Peter and that James were arrested, and James was killed by Herod in prison. Okay, yeah. And they were going to kill Peter, but the angel delivered him and released yeah, him. Yeah, took him out. When he got out, he said, go show these things to James. And he meant James, the half-brother of Jesus. And then it says he went to a, another place. When did Peter, Peter was given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. When did he relinquish control of the church to James? He didn't. Hmm. He didn't. Yeah, you're going to have to do a whole episode yep. on that. <clears throat> yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. No extra charge, by the way. <laughs> so Galatians 2, verse 4. And Paul says, That because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privily with a, with a secret clandestine intention mm -hmm. to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. So that's interesting. False brethren, I'm not claiming these were hybrids. They were just false brethren, but their intent was 
to spy out the liberty and bring them into bondage back under the law. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about Peter? Second Peter chapter two. He mentions some false prophets, just like you were talking about earlier, John. Mm-hmm. In Second Peter two verse one, but there were false prophets also among the people back in the days of Israel, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily, same word, a clandestine yeah. bad intention, privily. <coughs> shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon them swift destruction. Well, denying the Lord that bought them means they're going to reject that Jesus is Messiah. Yeah. And they're going to say it's somebody else, which is Antichrist. Yeah. All right? Verse 2, And many shall follow their pernicious ways. Pernicious means destructive. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetous Ness, Mm -hmm. shall they with feigned words, feigned is like false, lying words, make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. And he says that as though these false teachers who are going to come in the future, they've had a judgment set against them for for eons, for a long, long time. Well, how can that be if they didn't exist? Well, of course, God foreknew them. Yeah. But the very next verse says, for if God spared not the angels that sin, and he ties it back into the days of Noah. Something's hmm. going on there. What is he trying to tell us? We'll go down to verse 12, a little more description of these false teachers. In verse 12, but these as natural brute beasts. Mm-hmm. There's that word. There's that word, beasts, made to be taken and destroyed. Speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it spots to, uh, pleasure to ride in the daytime. Spots they are in blemishes, implying genetics, mm-hmm. a blemish in the flesh, right? Sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, tears among the wheat. Yeah. Feasting with the believers here, with the purpose of to make uh, through covetousness as they want to bring them under bondage. We're going to read in a moment, yeah. but to deceive them. Uh, verse 14, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, cursed children, like a seed, yeah. the children of the wicked one, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, or Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice. By the way, the word dumb ass comes from the Bible, <laughs> just in case you didn't know. Okay. It comes from that passage there. And it's back when Balaam was riding his donkey, Mm-hmm. to go curse the children of Israel because a king of Moab hired him to do so. And the donkey turned around and started speaking to him. <laughs> so but, if I get mad and I call somebody that, it's it's not really that bad. That's right, not really that bad. <laughs> it's Bible. I'm just calling you Bible. Uh, and obviously dumb is a reference to mute, can't yeah. speak. So when the dumb ass spoke, that was a miracle. That was yeah, God showing okay. Balaam you know, something that he needed him to see. Verse 17, these, the false teachers, are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest. We talked last mm-hmm. week about water and blood. Yeah. And how can clouds not have water? Clouds are made of water. Yeah. But clouds without water, it's like they're pretending to be clouds, but they're not. 
uh, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought in bondage. And Paul said the same thing about they came in privately despite our liberty to bring us unto bondage. It's, it's the, that's the same M.O. of Satan, to bring man under bondage, to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And it looks like in the end times he's going to be doing this with some brute beasts mm-hmm. that are not natural. They're mingled with the seed of men, I believe. Tears among the meat. I think, uh, the, brute the beast. Wheat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Meaning they're not human? I think so. I think it's what talking Because what were the Nephilim, the giants? They were yeah. brute beasts. They were yeah. they were brutes, and they weren't fully so human. So the tares among the wheat are Nephilim or not human beings. I right? think so. I think there's a, there's evidence to prove that they might be the case. And they'll so, they'll and re- remember the 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 giants in the land of Canaan dwelt with humans too. Yeah. So there, it was going to be that kind of a thing again. They're going to be not all will be Nephilim, but they're going to be amongst the wheat, trying to deceive them trying to lead yeah. people to worship them. So that's not the traditional teaching that no. you would get in any church out there if, if they went through that parable that tears among the wheat, they'd say it's believers and non-believers, right? They, they're just going to say it's the guy sitting next to you in yeah. church who's a sinner. So if you stood up in front of any church, <laughs> I live in Austin, right? If you stood up in any church in Austin and preached this message, yeah. I'd love to see the faces of people walking out, right? <laughs> They'd be like, what did we just hear? Quite a few. <laughs> and in fact, in the book of Jude, he almost parrots what Peter said in Second mm-hmm. Peter because he says, um, he calls them brute beasts in verse 10, chapter 1, okay. Jude 1. Uh, he says um, they are in the air of Balaam. He mentions him again. Okay. He calls them spots in your feast of charity, just like Peter said, spots and blemishes. Yeah. He calls them uh, clouds without water. Yeah. Uh, he calls them raging waves of the sea, and he says, "He says they're uh, oh, he calls them trees whose fruit withereth without fruit twice dead, plucked mm-hmm. up by the roots." And John the Baptist actually warned the Pharisees, "Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? The axe is laid to the tree. You're going to be cut down." Mm-hmm. And trees in the Bible, there's some references to trees about the giant Nephilims in, huh. the, in the Book of Ezekiel. We'll talk about that another time. He calls them raging waves of the sea, and he calls them wandering stars. Stars are angels. They're implying that I think all all relating them back to their forefathers. Now, uh, talking about spot, go to Deuteronomy. We've just got a few more moments here. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy 32. And I'm actually a little bit long, but I want to finish this today. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 5 says, they have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. He was talking about Israel rejecting the Lord. But I think it's a prophetic passage too. So you think about spot, mark. Yeah, I was going to say, There's, is that a mark, DNA? Yeah, well, or like the seal of God in their foreheads yeah. and the seal of the, of the beast. Yeah. The mark on the foreheads and things like that. It could be something there. In fact, he says that he's going to send some plagues to those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Yeah. You know, so the spot, there's something about that spot. And then I already mentioned about John saying they went out from us, but they were not of us. And he was mm-hmm. talking about many antichrists 
They yeah. left. They fell away. And it to me, it's all about infiltrating the, the church of believers in that time, whatever that comprised of, because we're talking about the tribulation. Yeah. But it's the time of Jacob's trouble. So it's 144,000 sealed servants of God are going to be preaching the gospel of the kingdom again to the world, but mostly to Israel. Yeah. Because it's the restoration of Israel we're talking about. Now, anybody that takes the mark is damned, but it, it, the focus is on Israel. That's who the Antichrist is focusing on to destroy, and that's who God is focusing on to restore. So we, I think everyone, or I would hope so, knows what the mark of the beast is. What is the seal of God? What What is that? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say, but they're sealed. By, it's I, not a... Well, I don't know. You just said it's a spot. It's a mark. It's something, right? But well, it, it's a. It you read that a couple times. To do seal with of God in their foreheads, right? I think it has something to do with humanity. Huh? It could be that they're they're fully human, you know. Yeah. But but he has a seal of some kind, and there's going to be a seal. Yeah. But we don't know what it is. Hmm. But we know that the Antichrist has a mark on the forehead, and those that. Yeah have it are going to be attacked by those well, they're, locusts. They're the only ones that can go to the grocery store and buy food. They're the only <laughs> ones that can do any banking. They're the only ones that can do, right? That's they're, right. If they have that mark, otherwise you can't do any of that stuff in the end times. And obviously that implies that people, there, there's even going to be nations and people in those nations that don't take the mark. Yeah. Because there's not going to be enough time to get everybody. Okay. You know? So the ones that don't are probably stockpiling food, you know, yeah. medicine, supplies and when they hmm. see the people that are believers and they help them by getting you know when when Christ said I was hungry and you gave me meat thirsty and you gave me drink I was sick and in prison and you visited me he's not just talking about going out to visit the elderly mm -hmm. and the sick he's talking about that time of tribulation and if they feed them even so much as give a cup of cold water he says if you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Because when he brings that up to those Gentile nations, they say, when did we do this? We didn't know. When, when did we feed you? When did we clothe you? Yeah. And he said, you did it unto my brethren, Israel, during the time of Jacob's trouble. Hmm. So it's going to be that the, the tares among the wheat, I think, are going to be genetic, possibly genetic hybrids. Mm -hmm. They're going to look like human beings. I think it's being infiltrated or, or implemented right now through abductions and things like that. And ultimately, the design is going to be for the deception. Satan's trying to create Nephilim hybrids that look like humans and you can't tell the difference. Wow. So they can infiltrate the church as tears of <clears throat> And that's the name of that tune. That's a pretty crazy one right there. Yeah, pretty wild stuff. Well, thanks, John. Yeah. As always, great one. thank you for listening. We appreciate your tuning in each time. Hope this message is uh, useful to you. And what we really hope that this does is instill in you a desire to search these things out. Yeah. You know, people, I, I want their reaction to be, I didn't know that was in the Bible. And hopefully it will make them dig into it. Even if you want to prove that we're wrong about something, if you dig into the Bible, that's what we want. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, glad, I'm grateful for that. And hopefully it leads you to develop a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So till next time, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com.
Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at UTBNow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.